Welcome, welcome back to the Endure It podcast. I am your host, Rachel Thomas. Merry early Christmas, everybody. It is actually going to happen next week. I cannot believe this. Christmas is here. The year is about to fold up and disappear, and we're going to be jumping right into 2021. I prefer to just stick my toe in 2021 first and test the waters and then let's take this nice and slow. Cannot believe it's fixing to be the new year, which is just crazy. Hopefully everybody's got some sort of Christmas plans in the works for next week, celebrating with family, friends, or by yourself, whichever you prefer. Hopefully you've got some yummy things to eat and just tap into the beautiful, wonderful joy and peace that is so super special around this time of year. It's the Christmas season. It's my husband's favorite season. You know me, I'm a fall junkie, so that's my ultimate favorite, but Christmas is definitely number two. I just, my favorite time of year is October, November, December. When January comes, it's kind of a weird feeling of, eh, spring's coming, oh, summer. I used to love summertime. I've kind of changed as I've gotten older. It's not my favorite season anymore. But that's probably because I used to spend a lot of time at the beach in the summer. And I would take the kids out there and take food and a canopy. And we would spend all day just eating and swimming and enjoying the sunshine. Missed that part of summer. Hopefully get to do that next year. That's That was one of my favorites. But haven't we didn't do that this much this year. I think we went to the beach maybe two times. Kids are getting older, they've got jobs, they're busy, so we don't get to just pack up and go and do something fun like we've, like we're used to doing. We are adjusting to having miniature adults, and they're venturing out into life and their own experiences, and it's a bittersweet moment. I'm, I'm very happy for them, and I'm excited. At the same time, it's a mix of emotions. It's like, I'm ready for you to spread your wings, it's time, you're getting to that point in life. But at the same time, the thought of of an empty house or a quiet house, I'm sure is going to be an adjustment. We're all gearing up for Christmas. Some are going here and some are going there. Not sure what ours is going to actually look like just yet. I do know that Zach and I are cooking some really good Mexican food and hot sauce and guacamole and all those yummy things. We usually do tamales. And Zach loves to make his green chili and red chili chicken enchiladas. Those are so good. So we're gearing up for our menu and getting prepped. We need to go do some, a little bit of Christmas shopping. We haven't really done a whole, whole lot just yet. <laughs> um, we're keeping it simple this year. You know, it's it's the time with each other and the joy of playing games and just eating, being blessed to eat delicious food and just spending time together. So we're looking forward to that part of the holiday season the most. Just really trying to focus on being more grateful. Just the simple act of going to a grocery store. Zach and I had to go to the store the other night. We went by ourselves. We had to go get lunch supplies and food and meals and things like that. And I just stopped and was like, you know, we're so blessed to have a grocery store that we can come to and just pick out whatever we want, buy our groceries. That's such a huge blessing. And there's lots of places in the world that don't have that luxury. So we did for sure take a minute to stop and say, we're grateful. Thank you, God, that we have this 
this ability to do this right now. I know I mentioned writing down some of your goals and just trying to get up your mind for what what you want to set your mind on next year. What do you want to focus on? What do you want to change about yourself next year? What do you want to do differently? What do you want to do that's totally brand new for you? And I told you that I would share one of mine and I picked one and (laughs) mine is I'm going to try really hard to start off my mornings with worship, even if it's just a few minutes. You guys all know that my, my closet is my place to where I go and spend time with the Lord and pray and worship. And so I've been trying to get up in the mornings and brush my teeth and, and head in this room first. I have a speaker in here, put on some praise and worship music. And I just give him glory. I thank him that I've, I've, I've opened my eyes to see another day, that I have breath in my body. And that's all up to him. I have nothing to do with that. As much as I'd like to think I control it, I don't. Every day that we are able to do those things is a gift. It is a gift. And, you know, last week I had a mild vertigo attack again. And I could feel myself just really getting discouraged because I had one several weeks ago. So these were really close. And it was right at bedtime when everybody's going to bed and I'm awake by myself, I had to just really, really fight hard to be, to find the positive in that situation, to be grateful, no matter what. And Zach ended up waking up and spending several hours with me. So that helped tremendously. It didn't get to the point of, you know, severe, where the room is just completely spinning and I'm vomiting and there's just, it's just pure misery. It didn't get to that point. So I was super, super grateful for that. And I sent messages and asked people to start praying and they did. And I'm, I'm forever, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. So if we really stop and take the time to focus on things that we could be grateful for and, and trying to find the positive as best we can in difficult scenarios, I know that's not always a piece of cake. It's just not but it does help to just shift the focus just a little bit and go, okay, you, you carried me through that. You helped me. I felt your grace and I'm alive to see another day. So that's one of my goals that I'm challenging myself with next year. And I've done it a few times, you know, towards the end of this year. I typically don't spend time in the prayer closet in the morning. Mine is usually in the evenings when the kids are going to bed and I don't have any interruptions And that's when I come into my closet and I just lock myself away and and seek after him. So trying to start my morning that way, I I really want to give him glory first thing in the morning. As cheesy as that might sound. I'm not trying to make it sound cheesy, but I just want to wake up and just make sure that my focus for the day starts off on him. I feel that I, I maneuver through my day better having had that adjustment first thing in the morning. Zach and I had went on a date. We went to a pizza place that he's been wanting to take me to and we'd never been there. And I had said, pizza sounds great, but is it gluten-free? He said, yes, they have a gluten-free crust. They sure, they offer that. I'm like, okay, perfect. Let's go. That sounds great. So I have to take it easy on the dairy, but we go in. It's a cute little pizza place. The waitress comes to our table and I 
requested the gluten-free crust, no problem. So they had about six different sauces you could choose from, you know, marinara, barbecue, ranch, Alfredo, all this different stuff. So I asked her, well, which one of your sauces is gluten-free? Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't really know. Okay. <laughs> well, I kind of need to know if you're offering a gluten-free crust, then we, we need to know what other ingredients is gluten and anything else that you offer. Never did get a straight answer from the girl, so we tried Googling to no, no results there. They're a little mom-and-pop shop, so it was really hard to try to get the nutrition facts on the other sauces and toppings and the, the dressings. So we just kind of played it safe on my side of the pizza, and I think we went with butter and garlic. <laughs> That's happened several times at a restaurant. If, if you have gluten sensitivities, it's just really hard to eat out anywhere because, number one, cross-contaminations. If they're making foods on the same counters that they're making gluten-free foods, then clearly you can still get gluten in your food. And then, number two, most people don't know what you're talking about and they have no clue what's in the ingredients in the products that they're selling. So that's been a struggle and they'll just look at you and go, I honestly have no idea. I think so, but I'm not sure. Those type of answers. So I think for me, I'm just going to have to pack a salad in my purse. Because the, the experiences that I've had with going out to eat with a gluten sensitivity, it's just not fun. So Gringo's so far has been the best experience. And yeah, I've eaten there probably too much lately, but that's okay. I wanted to share a quick health tip for today with our with the discussion that I was thinking about. There's so many tests out there that they run on you and you're trying to figure out what's wrong. CAT scans, MRIs, x-rays, all those types of things. And I've had several MRIs done in the last several years. One doctor would order one and say, you know, we don't see anything. And then six months later, I'm at a different doctor and he wants to order a new one instead of using the one I had done six months ago. I'm like, why do I have to do this again? I don't know if you've ever had an MRI or not. MRIs, they always ask you a bunch of questions when you are setting up your appointment to get this test done. They'll ask you if you're pregnant, um, if you have any metal in your body, because the machine is basically huge magnets that are taking these images. Then they'll ask you if you're claustrophobic. And I don't know if you've ever been in an MRI machine, but there's not a lot of room in the machine. It's like a tube. And a lot of times they'll put spacers in between your ears and the outside of the headpiece so you're, you feel kind of crowded in there. And then they place the face mask piece over your face. And then they slide you in this very small tube. And they want to ask you if you're claustrophobic. <laughs> Isn't everyone claustrophobic in that type of scenario? So I've had several MRIs, more than I'd care to. It's just, it's not painful or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of grueling in its own way. It's not something fun that you just want to do. It's just not fun. And then you have to lay there and just stare at the ceiling that's literally one and a half to two inches away from your face and try to focus until you're out, which is minimum of 20 minutes to 45 minutes. I had some MRIs done in June and I was in the machine for about three hours. They were doing my complete back and that takes a while. 
and yeah. But during that test in June, the doctor had ordered the MRI to be done with contrast. And I'd had this contrast before, and I didn't care for it. Seems like the next day I just didn't feel good after having the, the dye injected into me. So when the doctor ordered it for June of this year, I pretty much begged him. I said, can you not do this test without the contrast? Can you not see what you need to see? I really don't want to be injected with anything in my body until I'm better. We really need the dye. You really need to do this. We're, we're ruling out this and that. And so against my better judgment, I said, okay, fine. I'll do the, the contrast. So I fretted about it for several days and talked to Zach. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this dye. And he, you know, he tried to encourage me, just do it, get it over with. Let's get the test done so that we can rule out what they're thinking it might be. So I did. I prayed, went to the hospital that morning, had the test done. And they came in and injected the contrast. Did the test, went home. The next day, I felt horrible. I felt just so out of it. I had a lot of brain fog. I had a lot of fatigue and body aches and just... I told Zach, I said, ever since the contrast, I have felt terrible. Like, it's just, it's not, I told Zach, it's, something is just not right. So I've definitely felt a change in my body after that test, and it lasted for a couple months. And still hasn't completely lifted to this day. But after visiting with my functional medicine doctor and her running the test that she did, she did a toxicity test on me and basically checks to see how much metals are in your body because we shouldn't have those, but we do. I, was, I tested very high in MRI contrast, and this was three months after the test. So I expressed my concern to her and questioned, why is this dye still in my body? Because if you read up on the dye, gadolinium is the one that I was injected with. And it's actually a form of a metal that those magnets in the MRI machine pulls on the dye in your blood veins and it, it lights it up so that they can see arteries and veins and um, any kind of fluid leaks in your spinal canal. They can see those things with that dye being injected. But the dye, if you read up on it, it is not... It's not a good thing. We're, we're having to do some things to help my body detox the dye. I have mentioned before that I carry that genetic mutation, the MTHFR, which hinders how your body detoxes. So because I have that genetic mutation, my body holds on to a lot of stuff that a lot of people pass. They don't keep in their cells. But had I not had the testing done, the genetic testing, I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have been able to make the connection as to why I tested high for MRI contrast toxicity. So all those pieces needed to happen in order for that story to make sense. So now I know that I will never take the dye option ever again in my future because my body doesn't let it go and it is dangerous to, it's, it's dangerous to keep that in your body. It can actually settle in your brain. It's been linked to Alzheimer issues, dementia. They've actually removed brain tumors from people, neck tumors, and found the gadolinium inside those tumors. 
So I wanted to speak out from my personal experience and what I have personally learned. I'm not a doctor, but I can share what I've walked through, what I've experienced. I would highly recommend that if you haven't had any genetic testing, that if you can do the test and MRI without the dye, go for it. Read up on the dye, read up on the MRI contrast for yourself and educate yourself because some of the, the warnings on the dye can be severe. And once it's injected, it's injected. They'll tell you before you take the contrast that if you have kidney problems, maybe you should consider not taking the dye. But there was no warning. There is no label that says, hey, if you've got a genetic disorder and you don't detox, this is not a good idea. That was nowhere on any of the documents that you sign for an MRI with contrast. The least I can do is say, if you find yourself in this situation and you need a test, opt out of the dye. Just do what you have to do with your doctor and say, I'll do a regular MRI. I'm okay with that or a CAT scan but I'm not comfortable with the gadolinium dye. Um, I mean, the, the symptoms from that are severe. I mean, it can be neurological symptoms, nerve pain, brain fog, joint stiffness, difficulty breathing. I mean, there was a long list of side effects. If I could go back, I would not have taken the dye, but that's all water under the bridge. And sometimes we do things and then we get the details later. So if I can share my story and prevent someone else from experiencing some of the things that I've experienced, then it's worth me sharing my story. If I remember correctly, there was a, there was some updated warnings uh, with the FDA back in 2018 that um, it stated something about the gadolinium can stay stored in your body for months up to years after receiving an injection. Some of the main places where it likes to settle is in your bones, in your brain, and in kidney tissue. Those are not good things. Just make sure that you're detoxing well. Like for people like me who have a genetic issue, detoxing options for us would be saunas where we sit and we sweat it out or exercising and, and sweating through exercise Epsom salt baths, um, those help a lot with detox. So it's all a matter of knowing your body, knowing how your body is set up. It's very important. And once again, I'll just remind everybody about the DNA swab. I highly recommend it. If you have health problems or you're on medications or you're going to start chemo or anything like that, this test would be so good for you. It will help point you in the right direction of which drugs to take, or which chemo treatments to take, that DNA test will help tremendously with those types of decisions. So I just wanted to share that today. I want to share a couple scriptures that really helped me because after this incident happened with the dye, I was really beating myself up. Like, why did you do that? Why? You should have stuck to your no. You should have stuck with it. Why did you cave? And I had to just let it go and trust God that he would continue to detox me and carry me through because sometimes you just don't know until you walk through it. So I wanted to share Genesis chapter 28 and it's a little clip about Jacob. And here I want to start reading in verse 10. Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. When he came to a certain place, 
he stopped for the night because the sun had gone down. He took one of the stones from that place and put it under his head and laid down there. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway set up on the earth with its top reaching up to heaven. He saw the angels of God going up and coming down on it. The Lord was standing above it saying, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give the land on which you are lying to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust on the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. Through you and through your descendant, every family on earth will be blessed. Remember, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will also bring you back to this land because I will not leave you until I do what I've promised you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and exclaimed, Certainly, the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. Filled with awe, he said, How awe-inspiring this place is. Certainly, this is the house of God and the gateway to heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had put under his head and he set it up as a marker and poured olive oil on top of it. He named that place Bethel, house of God. Then Jacob made a vow, if God will be with me and will watch over me on my trip and give me food to eat and clothes to wear, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a marker will be the house of God, and I will surely give you a tenth of everything you give me. So I also want to read Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. It says, What are all the angels? They are spirits sent to serve those who are going to receive salvation. I found a lot of comfort in that story about Jacob. He had a lot going on in his life. A lot of transitions were happening. And he's he, he finds himself in this place, this wilderness place by himself. God allows him to see a glimpse of the heavenly realm. I've always read that story about the ladder, Jacob's ladder. Like, why do angels need a ladder to go from heaven to earth? Don't they fly? Do they need the ladder? But this picture was just so pretty. These angels are going back and forth and ministering as God commands. And God assures Jacob, I see everything that you're going through. I see you. I see everything that concerns you. And I'm just letting you know that this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm capable of. And I'm going to take care of you. You have my word. And when I was going through that difficult season of the die and just feeling sicker, I just felt like that was him showing comfort. Hey, I've got you. Everything that's going on, I see. I'm in control. Those scriptures about the angels, you know, I've, I believe that God uses angels to bring us strength and minister to us in those moments of weakness. Even in the story of Jesus in the garden, God sent an angel to him to comfort him in his darkest hour. And the angel came and strengthened him. I just wanted to end the podcast encouraging you with that. Let's let's not limit God. I mean, there's this beautiful ladder and there's traffic going back and forth between these two realms. I mean, how awesome is that? That is so awesome. And God is standing at the top of that ladder. He's in full control. And no matter what we walk through, no matter what we face, he promises to comfort us. He promises to strengthen us. I hope everyone has a 
a good week next week. It is the week of Christmas. I pray that peace on earth would just be for all people, that we would truly meditate on the real meaning of Christmas. You know, I know the 24th or the 25th isn't his actual birthday, but it's the season that we do honor and celebrate this beautiful story of of Jesus coming to earth. So I just pray that that takes front seat with all of us, that we just stop and realize the greatest gift that we could ever receive is the gift of salvation, the gift of knowing that no matter what happens, we will see his face. We will be united with the love of our life, Jesus. I know I heard on the news about the planets that are supposed to be lining up. I think I want to say it's Saturn and Jupiter that are lining up to recreate the star that resembles the one that's shown when Jesus was born. And I just think that's so neat. That's so neat that we'll, that there's these signs in the heavens that just declare the glory and the goodness of God. And we look at nature and we can tell that there's a God. He's real. And I'm excited to check out the star um, when it gets a little bit closer towards that. I think the most exciting thing for me during this season is it, it is a season of just miracles. It's just got this special feeling about it. I don't know. Maybe you're someone's miracle. Maybe there's something that you could do or say that would bring a miracle into someone's life. So enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. Celebrate life. It's so precious. It is so precious. The breath in our lungs is so precious. Chase after God. Spend time alone with him because one day soon he he will return and it is going to be so incredibly perfect and glorious. Have a good week. Check us out on the website, www.enduritpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Endure It Podcast. Until next time, we will talk soon.